Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, fellas, look, I, like, I, like I need you, man. Like, normally Greeny's here. Like, he's not here today. So when I start the show, I'm going to be like, good morning. It's time to get up. Oh, man. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's no, what no, Greeny does. I know he does, but you got to give it the old, good morning. It's time to get up. And then, you know, like, say something like Dak is back and Detroit yeah. got You got to bring it from here whatever. in here. Like, super okay. irritating. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Good morning. It's time to get up. The deck was whack, and the Detroit Lions got slacked. And nah, that that's actually is whack. I'm just going to do it my way. You sure? I'm sure. Oh, right. man. Let's start the show. Good morning. It is time to get up. It's a Philly free fall. And what is going on with the Eagles? And can they get right right now? Plus, give Baltimore another win in the AFC top spot. Can anybody stop Lamar Jackson or the Ravens? And it's finally here, y'all. It's the college football playoff. We go live to the Rose Bowl and we get up with you right now. Happy New Year, and what better place to have a new year than get up? Yes, sir. Look at the man. Hey, I'm your boy RC. Listen, Greeny's not here. He's some way aware, spending some of that good money that he makes here. So it's me, it's Dan, and it's Rex, and we are taking over until Greeny returns. And we got to start with the bird fight in Philly. And here we go with the Eagles and the Cardinals. Kyler Murray walks into the stadium with the Sid the Kid jersey on because he knew what time it was in Pittsburgh. Meeting of old friends in the middle of the field. And Dan, Kyler Murray's looking for the post corner, but Sidney Brown finds the ball. Definitely miscommunication between Kyler and his wide receiver. Sidney Brown basically catches the punt. And this Eagles offense that took some time to get going in this game is helped out by their defense to get that two-score lead. All right, we fast forward now, Dan, to three minutes in the third. And now Kyler Murray is making plays all over the field. Here he's going to drop back, scramble, and he finds James Conner for the one-hander. Yeah, vintage Kyler just making a play, something out of nothing, and then the touch throw to James Conner. This is a great catch. Watch James Conner follow the ball into his hands with his eyes, a one-hander. But, Dan, Jalen Hurts wasn't playing this game. He said, anything you can do, I can do better. Gets out of the pocket, finds Dallas Goddard for the two feet in. I I love the fact that he threatens the line of scrimmage and then last second gets it to Dallas Goddard. All right, listen, it's five and a half minutes to play. You're going to see a halfback angle here, but it's Michael Wilson that makes the play in the end zone. Too easy. Man coverage gets beat across his face. Touchdown, Arizona. All right, the Cardinals are down 31 to 28. You're going to see Greg Dortch on the press out here. Watch him make this play and then get near the end. What I just say, too easy. Once again, too easy for this Arizona Cardinals offense. Man-to-man coverage, winner on the outside. Listen, it's late in the drive, and James Conner was physical the whole day. He finishes it off in the end zone. Yeah, great game-winning drive from the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, look, when you look at this team and you're the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. you can't be trying to figure out a way to get a Hail Mary to beat the Arizona Cardinals. No one even goes up to make a play on the ball. The only person who does is an Arizona Cardinal. All four guys from Philly just watch. Well, hey, yo, Nick Sirianni, what's up with this, John? Concerned? Uh, no, I mean, 
I don't think we think that way. All I think we think is, is how do we get these things fixed? Is the locker room still with me? Yes. Why would you say that? Because we lost four the last five. Okay. The NFL. It's the NFL. It's any given Sunday, and we got our, we got our teeth punched in today because we, you know, we got we went out there and we we thought if there were going to be a pushover, no, it's the NFL. It's any given Sunday, and that's, that's what makes this one of the greatest sports in the world. No, Nick has not lost a locker room. First off, if I had an accent like that, you'd have to freaking hide me in college. <laughs> Just I'm say letting, everything. <laughs> hey, I'm letting you know. I just walk up to people. You said they had to hide you in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hide me in college. <laughs> you know, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles right now, Rex, this was the team that had the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants, and we thought they'd walk their way right. into the playoffs. How did they get from 10-1 and one to here? Well, first off, I mean, that was a weak 10-1. and one. I mean, they could have lost a lot of those games. Um, and I, the whole time I've been saying, I go, guys, he's lacked the knockout punch. Yeah. And what we mean by that is – like, when you let teams hang around, teams like the Arizona Cardinals can beat you. Yeah. That's exactly what happened here. And how do you knock people out? You, you end up being able to run the football on people, win the line of scrimmage, and then you unleash your pass rush to close out games. This team, I, I mean, where the hell has that been? Yeah. They haven't knocked anybody out uh, this year. Yeah. In fact, they've been getting knocked out. Yeah. And so to me, with everything on the line, Everything on yeah. the line. You got your ass kicked at home? Rex, RC, G- given the stakes in the opponent, this is one of the worst losses regular season-wise yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles in like 20 years. And Eagles fans, if you guys disagree, let me know. The, the opponent is playing for basically nothing when it comes to truly matter. And the stakes of, yo, if you win, the division still can be yours, the number two seed. And you get walked down the field at home versus the Cardinals for a game-winning or game-losing drive. But then, uh, Given but, that context? But then you got to think about this as well. You said it a few weeks ago. This team that was 10-1 and one right. wasn't winning after games. The, after the Chiefs' Monday night game. Yeah, they, they, they weren't winning games the way they were supposed to. Right. You said they didn't have a knockout punch. And also, when you look at this defense, it's not what it was last year. No. This was the team that closed out games. We talked about this team rivaling right. the Chicago Bears of 1985. If this defense doesn't get fixed and fixed quick, this team is going to be <laughs> one and done. In the yeah. And you look at those numbers since week 13. Yeah. Let's be real. These are the numbers since playing very good teams. Right. Go ahead. And Dan, you put a tape together that yeah. shows some of the problems that they've had on defense and how they showed up in this game. Well, if you go to third down defense yesterday, it felt like I was watching the Packers. We always say that about the Packers. Right. You're just schematically, you're too soft. Yeah. You don't go challenge people at the line of scrimmage. The interior of their defensive line got pushed around. And it felt like play after play, no one was actually getting off a block to go make a play. Man coverage, it's third and five. Both corners are seven to eight yards off the ball. No one is challenging any contested throw. Third and five, quarterback catch and throw, that's an easy first down. This time, top of the screen, you're going to get pressure off the slot. Blankenship has to come down and cover the slot. He's the only one that is past that first down marker. You're not making this hard for an offense. Kyler Murray, again, gets the catch and throw. Right when the catch gets made, it's a first down. You're not forcing a yards after the catch situation, nothing. And then I talked about the interior of their defensive line. If you're watching the interior defensive line, and I can read your numbers from the sideline, 
That's not good for you as a defense. That's exactly what we want as an offense. Your body's just getting turned, creating some of these seams and holes. Arizona did that consistently. Look at this hole. This is second and 11. Oh, my goodness. I can see everybody's offensive line number because we completely opened up a massive hole. And then when I talk about getting off a block, you got to get guys that are somehow getting off of blocks and trying to go make a play offensively. We got guy for guy, hat for hat. You can't get off a block. 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 That, that was the case yesterday. And th- if yep. this defense doesn't fix some of this stuff, and I don't think they're going to because yep. we're in January, this okay. team will be well, one okay. and done. I, I got to say this. Yeah. Philly, here's the thing. We love Nick Sirianni if you're in Philly because, you know, he kind of had that swag about him, kind of arrogance He felt like a Philly him. guy. He's a bully. Yeah. yeah. He's a bully. Well, that team's getting bullied right now. That's why this, the, the fan base doesn't identify with this defense. And when you put it up, they gave up 200 rushing yards to the Arizona Cardinals. Like, how the hell you get bullied at home like that? Big and time. you know what? If you're going to go down, knock somebody's face in. They're not getting off blocks. Yeah. And I look at this. Is, are these bad players or are they just playing bad? I see a team that this is the same players. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Well, honestly, a team that had those 70 sacks. They're not rushing the passer. They got schematically, you got to question what the hell they're doing. And they don't even get off blocks. And so fundamentally, they're awful. But this is what happens when you go hire a minor league damn uh, coach because you're scared of people. I don't know. They hire the best. Yeah. Hire a, 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 you know, somebody that is, is a competent defense. 31st in the league in Philadelphia. When's the last time they've been 31st in the league in Good defense? Point. Yeah. Dan, here's the thing. We, we wrote the story for the Philadelphia Eagles that, like, they were going to rebound after Rocky got beat up by Clubber Lane. Mm. Right? We were basically putting them back in the Super Bowl. When this team does get into the playoffs, can they make any noise? I still think they're capable of making noise because the offensive line are still the same guys. They still have Jalen Hurts. Um, the defense is, is an issue, though. That, that defense doesn't have anybody outside of Darius Slade that can cover. I, I want to talk a little bit about the offense yesterday because while they scored 31 at home, it, there's a little – obviously the pick six is part of that. If we looked at this offense – they ran 26 plays after halftime. Yeah. One went to A.J. Brown. Okay? If you go to the final offensive sequence, they get first and 15, quarterback run. Second and 15, quarterback run. Third and 20, timeout to throw a perimeter screen. That tells you you're a champion? That tells you you're a dog? Yeah. That tells me we're going to give up. Not, we're we're going we're, we're gonna to take the easy way and not try to go win the game. Yeah. Who's calling the plays? It might be Nick Sirianni's offense. Is it Brian Johnson calling the plays? Is it Nick Sirianni calling the plays? When I watch this offense, there's nothing to me right now that says, we're going to go take what we want from you. Well, I mean, the big thing is this. There's a team in Baltimore that's taking what they, take what they want coach, from everybody. And Lamar Jackson was back at it yesterday. Lamar Jackson, 2019 MVP. Yeah, what you say, Dan? 2023 NFL MVP. Yes. Listen, it's the second quarter. We've been waiting for Odell Beckham Jr. to explode. What about this catch on the sideline? Look how great it is. The ball, once it touches his hands, never moves. As he goes through the contact, Kohu kind of gets a piece of it, and he hits the ground. No movement. I'm surprised he, he, he used both hands and not just one. <laughs> hey, listen, the Ravens have the football again after a Dolphins field goal, yeah. and Lamar Jackson finds his favorite target, Zay Flowers. Remember all offseason, we were like, hey, how is this offense going to look different? 
You saw a version of it right yeah. there. Motion, play action, move the pocket, shot downfield. Now, we've seen Tua go back and forth with Lamar Jackson on this field, but what about this one-hand scoop from Roquan Smith, Rex? Oh, I love it. And they're dropping eight, so he's an extra defender out there. And what a player. Ever since they got him, He's been the difference maker on that football team. So we got a fourth and seven after that interception, Jan, and they lost Mark Andrews, and everybody thought, oh, Lamar Jackson's number one is gone, but Isaiah likely has been an absolute beast in replacing him. The throw, the catch, the yards after the catch, the finish, absolutely spectacular from Baltimore. Hey, Patrick Ricard, all he does is block, block, block. So let's give him the sneaky touchdown late in the game. The best and most versatile 300-pounder in the NFL. What position do you want to play? He can do it. So, so Answer me this, Dan. You're down 42 to 19. We have Tua Tungabaloa running, and he gets banged up here. Why is he still in the game? Yeah, I, I think you're trying to get something positive on offense, RC, and then you know you can see everybody Baltimore kind of converge on him. Hopefully, he just got a little tweak with his lower half. You know, we see Lamar and Tua meeting there, but let's talk about a little bankhead bounce from John Harbaugh in the locker room. Jim could never. He was pretty good right there, right? <laughs> pretty good? It was, it was pretty good. All right. But Jim ain't doing that at Michigan, nah, nah, especially nah, nah, nah. when they play Bama tonight. <laughs> Ooh, Rex. How about they pretty good there? Rex, you're very familiar, right, with yeah. teams in Baltimore that can play great defense. What you aren't familiar with is teams in Baltimore having a star like Lamar Jackson. How far ahead are the Baltimore Ravens from everyone else in the AFC? Well, I mean, you can even go to the entire NFL. Mm. Like, I, I, thought, I thought the Niners were the best team, and they just they spanked them at their place. They spanked everybody. They killed Detroit. They killed, like, any of these good teams, they're killing everybody. Every Miami, game. number one offensively. How'd they look? They got their ass kicked. Yeah. Like, this thing right here, the best, here's the crazy thing. Lamar Jackson, all right, definitely going to win the MVP. Yes. Rightfully so. The guy's amazing. All right, and that's that's not the best unit on this team. Wow. The best unit is their defense. Yeah. Their defense is the best unit, and so to me, who the hell's going to beat them? I mean, I, I think nobody beats. Them. Yeah, I, I listen. I agree. I've talked about the MVP for like six or eight weeks now, pretty legitimately. This race is over. I, I thought yeah. that Josh Allen could steal it from him if he had two really good weeks and they win the division. The way he played and the way that Lamar played this past weekend to secure the one seed for Baltimore, it's Lamar Jackson's MVP right now, and it's, it's a done deal. Uh, I, I think the reality is this. It would be a disappointment if Baltimore doesn't get to the Super Bowl this year. Oh, the expectations yeah. right now are to get to the Super Bowl. And really, the only way to beat them, you got to catch them on an off day. Mm -hmm. If we think about their losses, Indianapolis – Caught him on an off day, a little bit of bad, bad weather. weather. Yep. Lamar did not play great with some of the fumbles. Pittsburgh, off day, seven or eight drops in that game. And then Cleveland, uh, Deshaun had that pretty significant comeback, yep. I believe. Yeah. Those are the only times that this team has lost. Mm -hmm. So you got to catch them on an off day. Offensively, the play-action pass has totally taken this offense to a new level. That's kind of what I was talking about with that Zay Flowers clip. Yep. What was this offense going to look like? The motion, but the motion to burst on the outside, number one, all of those things are different about this team from what we saw before this. It's, and it's, it's everything that you kind of hoped it was going to be under Todd Monken. When, it's, when he came over as the play caller, you'd say, how is it going to be actually different? I think what's happened is they – Everybody outside that doesn't know football has said, like, Lamar can't throw. He's not a pack-and-pocket passer. And Baltimore has actually thought the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. If we protect them, if we give them a little bit of time, and we build an actual pass game, 
This guy is lethal with the ball as a passer. And so that's why there's so much play action right now because they see what so many people didn't want to or failed to see. Yeah, and, and that's what's remarkable. But, but, but it's funny that you say what so many people didn't want to or failed to see because they had an opportunity. In the offseason when Lamar Jackson seemed available yeah, for yeah, trade, yeah. when they're trying to work out what they're going through with their contract, everybody is loud and wrong as hell, right? No, we don't want him. We're not interested. You've never seen a top-notch player like that be treated that way, Rex. When you think about the fact that other teams – could have had Lamar Jackson. What does it say about them that they pass even kicking the tires on? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and RC, you and I were talking about this earlier uh, today. It's like, you could have had this guy, the league MVP, for two first-round picks. All right? I don't care if it's three first-round picks. The guy's 26 years old. He's going to win his second MVP. And he's such a unique talent. It's, it tells me that people don't understand like how to get the most out of a, 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 a special talent like sure. this. And I got to say this. You mentioned protection first. What did Todd Munkin bring in? Protection yeah. first. Yeah. Not, not let's put five guys out the way a lot of these teams are doing it. No, it's you bring him in. You protect him. Let him feel comfortable in the pocket. Right. And now he has time to look, and he's always been accurate from the pocket when he has time. Yeah. And here's the other thing. The longer it takes to get to the quarterback, night, 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 because all of a sudden now, all right, we can't get to him, only get a rush four. Now he gets on the perimeter right. where he's accurate as hell, by the way. Oh, and by the way, he's also rushed for 50 first downs. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? That's what this guy has done. They kept the exact same running game. You know what's interesting, though, Rex? Like, I, I do think it's important for us to – because he is a different player this year, Lamar. You know, like oh. an advanced and plus version of even the guy that we saw win MVP. I think it's important to give some flowers to the organization, to Coach Harbaugh, and to Greg Roman. Because the offense that they ran that was really good was primarily like run-centric for Lamar. Yep. And it allowed Lamar to thrive early on and to kind of get his feet wet as a developing passer. Okay? Then it got to a point where like, hey, this isn't good enough anymore. Credit Coach Harbaugh to say, we have to go to the next level. But I think it's like an example of, for organizations of if you're going to take a really dynamic athlete, there's a way that you want to kind of grow him into the NFL. It's not, well, let's make him a pocket yep. passer. It's, no, let's use his skills as a strength, and then he continues to work and develop. Hey, but, but wasn't that the problem? Because early on, because they were using his skills as a strength, <laughs> people looked at that as a negative a limit. to say what he couldn't do, right? Yeah. To say that he couldn't reach a certain point. But in truth, they got the most out of him then. Yes. And now they're moving forward to find a way to get a most, the most out of him right now and in the future. And if you're the Baltimore Ravens, this is what it's supposed to look like. But all three of us know it's going to come down to what Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, and this Baltimore Ravens team's does in the playoffs. Uh, but but the, the years passed, the question was always like, can this offense win in the playoffs? Right. And a lot of people know, and there were some people who were like, yes, because I think they just saw the actual talent. This is an offense that unquestionably, because we've seen this offense yeah. for tons of different teams win in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, normally there's an offense that wins in the playoffs, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs, but we're still trying to figure out if that team can. The Chiefs are hosting the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest player on earth, hasn't looked like that this year. But here you're going to see Pat drop back, Trey Hendrickson, the double swipe, the fumble. In the, in the, we oh, talked about it all year, right? The, the tackle issues for the Kansas City Chiefs 
Hendrickson comes off that edge, takes it away, and then Cincinnati's offense takes that turnover. Jake Browning gets into the end zone for an early score. Listen, we're going to get to the third quarter after we got a little beef on the sideline with the linebackers, and Patrick Mahomes is going to find Rasheed Rice. It's a little inside release fade. He gets down the field. Is Patrick starting to find his number one? Go-to guy. I've said it for two weeks now. This offense, pass game-wise, needs to run through Rasheed Rice. Hey, you know who shows up? When the playoffs start to run 95. around, 95. Here he is, Chris Jones getting in the backfield, taking down Jake Browning. R really, the whole rush, pass rush rise for Kansas City's defense got going yesterday, specifically as this game got close to the end. Hey, you know what it is when Taylor Swift is screaming, but here Jake Brown is going to try to find T. Higgins <laughs> down the field, and not even T can beat this double team. Yeah, this is, Kansas City defense is going to be the reason that if, if and when they can make a run into the playoffs. The Cowboys control their own destiny, but what would the number two seed mean for the Dallas Cowboys and their guy, Dak Prescott? And guess what, y'all? It is finally here. The college football playoff is today. We go live to the Rose Bowl straight ahead. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Get Up is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. 
fellas, meanwhile on planet Earth, we've seen all kind of Kirk Cousins. We've seen Kirk Cousins with the chains. We've seen Kirk Cousins with the Coles chain. Now we see Kirk Cousins shirtless leading the skull chant in Minnesota with the little homie in front of him. What do y'all think about this, bro? I think that's the coolest thing I've seen all week. Is that his son with him? I think that is his oh, son. Oh, that's unbelievable. Well, listen, I just like the fact that we're seeing Kirk outside of those plaid shirts that his wife gets him for game time. Kirk kind of yeah. cut up, though. Oh, Kirk's kind of shredded. Yeah, he looks like a people think that'll be his <laughs> last game with, with Minnesota. I don't believe so. Listen, the cow. I think he has to come back. Y'all don't ever do this to Greedy. Can I do the ball? Sorry. The Cowboys might have gotten lucky on Saturday, but I'll tell you one reason why I have a ton of confidence in the boys from D-Town. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is time to run the hurry up. We're going to start off in Minnesota, where Jordan Love led the Packers to a 33-10 road win. And I still get to analyze a little bit. Jordan Love was absolutely on fire last night. They had throws that were reminiscent of what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, what we've seen from also somebody like a Brett Favre. And we watched this wide receiver group absolutely explode by adding someone like Aaron Jones. And when you look at what this team could be down the stretch, the way that Jordan Love has grown, we've definitely seen them go from a team we were wondering about mm. to knowing that they have their franchise quarterback. Dano, the Rams squeaked out a one-point win over the Giants. What did you see in this game? Yeah, Puka, Puka Nakua continues to make big plays. I do think that C.J. Stroud, the quarterback in Houston, is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But my goodness, Puka's name is big in for the Rams. Kyron Williams has been the absolute unspoken superstar for this football team. Leads the NFL in rush yards per game. Sean McVay getting this team into the playoffs could be his greatest coaching accomplishment of his career. Rex, the Cowboys get the win, but come on. Yeah. The two-point conversion. Yeah, no, this is horrendous, man. Look at that. Hey, let's go over there. Make sure you report eligible. Decker's going to go over there. He does. He goes, hey, I'm eligible. Look, he says it. Gets a little nod from the official. I'm going to go over there. He's not seeing seven. He quit making damn excuses. This was an unbelievable play. And how about the guts and the courage to, to make this play happen and it doesn't count? Like, like this guy right here, come on, man. I lost. You lose all uh, credibility when you start blaming the players when yep. all the players did was everything they were supposed to do. Yeah. All right? We know Dan Campbell did as well. He talked about that, about how you get the guys, the officials before the game. You go over specifics. This is a two-point play. They went over that specifically, yep. and it, it's a disaster. It, I mean, to me, it's absolutely – I mean, it, it, it's horse you-know-what. And, look, he's a human. He made a mistake. Yeah. That's okay. But at, at some point, you have to own up to the mistake, though, Rex. It, at it some point, it. you have to say, I messed this up. I was focused on Dan Skipper running in. Dan Skipper, Skipper was checking in eligible the entire game. He never even paid attention to Taylor Decker. No. And Taylor Decker, six foot nine, standing right in front of you. What he noted, he, he nodded. But what he didn't understand was – 
It's six and eight, yep. not 70. Yep. And 70, you see trailing behind. He had done it all, all game long. That, that's what just ticks me off so bad. Because, yep. look, it cost Detroit the number two seed yep. with a chance to actually be number one. Now, look, Dallas played great. I want everybody to understand. Dallas played a fantastic game, all right? And they're 16-0 and 0 at home. How important is it for Dallas to be hosting right now? Like, they're the number two seed? Yeah. They may win the whole damn thing now yeah. based on, and, and it's not just based on this call, but the circumstances of it, they absolutely robbed Detroit. Mm. The, the travesty of the call is Dak Prescott's play has been overlooked. Oh. How good was Dak Prescott? Not only in this game, Dan, yeah. but the entire season. It, it's, it could be arguably the greatest career or year of his career. I'd say this, too. I think we can make a very firm case that Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb is the best quarterback to wide receiver duo going into the playoffs. And think about it. What a contrast the year makes. That was not the case last year when it came to Dak and heading into the playoffs. There was not a lot of confidence. That play right there, that, that 93-yard touchdown, that, that is one of the best plays I think I've seen Dak in his career. What quarterback-wide receiver combination are we are we putting ahead of that that two or that duo going into? But, but, but this year you aren't putting anybody in front of them because when I don't they think want, so. When they want completions, they get completions. But he's he's got a thousand yards more than CD has a thousand yards more than every other quarterback or Cowboys wide receiver. Yeah, a thousand. Right. He but, had two two something the other night. But the problem is this though: he has a thousand yards more than every other receiver. Teams are coming into the game to stop him, and they still can. And I think it's not only about their connection, but the high-level play of both players individually. Yeah, too. and I, I do think that um, Mike McCarthy's done a nice job of moving him around in some of those like those, those moments. RC specifically on third downs. But look at the difference last year to this year. I remember last year going into the playoffs, I think I ranked him 12 as far as like guys going into the playoffs yeah. quarterback-wise. Justifiably so. He just did not play well last year. I, where would I place Dak going into the playoffs right now? Quarterback ranking-wise, like if you were just saying, hey, guys, and I know. If, if, if we're talking about this year, it's different, too, because I think second this year. Or third? I'm about to say this year, based on his weapons and how he's performed, Dak Prescott, to me, is right behind Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree. Right now, play-wise, when it comes to, like, the production, again, I think Josh Allen, Josh hasn't played great over the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Stafford and his connection there. But, my goodness, the connection that he has with C.D. Lamb is very – it's the best going into the playoffs. Well, you know what? It's not just the C.D. Lamb connection, all right? His best pass he made in that game was that beautiful touchdown pass he threw to Brandon Cook. Yes. Oh, on, on like, the oh, the red my Absolutely goodness. phenomenal. Yeah. Look at him. You can't hand the ball to Look at that ball. That's like almost the one he – been a safety, that, but That's right. almost one, the one but, that he threw against Miami. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just crazy. Very similar route just yeah. to the other side of the field. Yeah. And when you look at Dak Prescott, he's now become a new quarterback. Yeah, and let me tell you something. Here's the scariest thing. He's thrown 22 touchdowns at home against three interceptions. Mm. Like, I don't care where you rank him, right now, he's the best at well, home. That, that's part of the reason why that penalty – it's so impactful because oh, not, not only could they be the division winners in the two seed, not only could they have a road at home, they get to play San Francisco last. Right, which is, which is big because you stay away from them early. Big and deal. now the Dallas Cowboys become the leader in the NFC East. I mean, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, the old champ, yeah. and now the Dallas Cowboys possibly the new champ. Yeah. Which brings me to 
out with the old and in with the new. Man. Now, Greeny, you're going to be coming back, so it's not out with you as the old. But, Rex, <laughs> remember that offensive explosion or that spark that Sean Payton was talking about in Denver? Yeah. Well, they got him 16 points. 16 what do you think points. about this quarterback situation? Out yeah, there? I mean, this guy's definitely the future of that team. Yeah, right. You scored 16 <laughs> points, by the way, against the Chargers, who are dead last in the league in points. So, to me, give me a break. Uh, this is a move that was an economic move all the way. It's a horrible look for the league. And, and Russell Wilson, look, all Russell did was come in there and, and go to work. Yeah. And he trusted in it like, okay, I'm going to take everything. He took everything from this coach. And now you're going to sit back and do it. And, and if what we're hearing is true, Sean Payton in Denver is in trouble. And what I'm saying is this. You can't threaten somebody yep. playtime to adjust their contract. Mm -hmm. You can cut a player yeah. for financial reasons or whatever, them. or bench them, but you can't threaten them. Right. Now look, I don't know if that happened, but that's kind of what we're hearing. If that is the case, the NFLPA is gonna come down hard on the Denver Broncos. Well, it seems like the case because one, Russell Wilson came out, a guy who never says anything, yeah. a guy who's pretty quiet, sort of a cliche, guy when he's doing the media comes out and says yes this did happen there's also already been communications between the nflpa and the denver broncos that said that legal action could be taken if he were if they did proceed or continue to go with benching him here's the the thing now that it seems those all those reports are true and that russell is done in denver who's gonna be your quarterback because yep. like let's let's be honest if and you're on the hook agent, for the money too right, right if you're a free agent and you're worth the salt. You're not going to go there. Does, does Sean, no, does Sean go Payton there? have Hell enough cachet no. to lure somebody there? No after way. The way he, after the way this has gone down, at least publicly root the reports, you're not going there. you got to draft someone. Well, the Patriots need a quarterback, too. And right now, they would have the number three pick. Do you trust this team with that pick and being able to get it right? Or do they need an entire reset? I would trust Bill Belichick to coach that team. I wouldn't trust Bill Belichick to make that pick. Coach Belichick and general manager Belichick are two different, very different people. Coach-wise, this, this guy can still flat-out coach. This defense is playing just at an unbelievable level without their two best players. Pick-wise, I think that if they're going to keep Coach Belichick, there needs to be somebody else picking the players now in New England. Well, that's never going to happen. Belichick will never give that up. I'm going to say this. I think New England is hoping somebody trades for Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting compensation and we can reboot. Yeah. With the new coach, hopefully, look, nobody's going to have the success Bill Belichick's had there. I mean, he's, you know, the greatest success ever, okay? But you want to re re reboot this thing. And especially if you're going to be picking as high as you are, going with a new quarterback. You need new blood in there, man. You're not you getting a new it. quarterback at three. Yeah, you, you, you can get a new quarterback at three, but a team that's going to be picking at one is the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And there's yeah. questions about do they need Ooh. a new quarterback. And we heard the fans, we want Fields. We want Fields. What should the Chicago Bears do, though? We want Fields is dang right. We've been calling him. <laughs> I've called him the future forever. And it, it was funny because before these last few games, I'm like, they're going to do the easy thing, which is take the quarterback yeah. and try to trade Justin Fields. But I'm telling you, do a little digging here, okay? This guy right here has one receiver he can throw to, DJ Moore. Sure. All right? He's well, he's he's thrown eight touchdowns to to, uh, to Moore against zero interceptions. Yeah. He's got a completion rate of 74%. 
when he throws to, to DJ Moore. All others, no, forget it. It's uh, 64%. All right. He averages 11 yards per pass attempt to DJ Moore against six to everybody else. All right. Eight, inter- eight touchdowns and seven interceptions when he throws to anybody else. How about if he had Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> with yeah. DJ Moore? Yeah. I'm telling you, if that but happens. Rex, you don't need the first pick to get Marvin Harrison Jr. So are you saying trade back and acquire more picks? Absolutely. Trade back, but make sure you get Marvin Harrison Jr. So if that means trade back to two. Yeah. Now you get Marvin Harrison Jr., okay? And I'm telling you, with the compensation that they can get, this team can go from Rex. being dead last in the division to winning the division. So I, I think everyone knows where I stand on Justin Fields yeah. as a player. I, I, I thought he would play MVP caliber football this year. It's starting to look like that down the end. Correct. Let me give you guys the last 10 quarterbacks to go number one, because I say this all the time. Number one, if you're picked at quarterback, very rarely do you flip a franchise. These are the last – for everyone in Chicago, like, we get the quarterback, we're going to be – okay, Bryce Young, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, and Sam Bradford. How many of those guys who went number one have taken a bad organization, yeah. made it a good one? Joe? Joe, Cam, Cam did it for a year. Cam, Cam took Cam the team Newton to the Super Bowl. Too. Right, Cam so Cam Newton. did it for a year. Joe, Trevor Lawrence were still thinking maybe, but right. it hasn't happened. Andrew Luck wasn't even a bad organization. They were a bad team for a year. Right. So it, we have more evidence that says, no, the quarterback can't take pick number one yeah. doesn't flip it. Baltimore went and got Lamar because the team was really good, got Lamar. Kansas City had a good team, went and got Patrick. Buffalo had a good team, went and got Josh. I don't think it's as black and white as just take the quarterback. Okay, so, but, but here's, here's my question. When we're looking at the Chicago Bears, at least with Justin Fields playing this way, this isn't a team that's number one overall pick bag, right? This is a team They're still in the playoff hunt. Right, this is yeah. a team that's found some things defensively. They found some ways with Luke Getty, the offensive coordinator, that Justin Fields is now making plays using his legs. So do you think you go forward with Justin Fields or it's better to rebuild with the rest of the pieces around him with the number one pick? My inclination is is to build around them. Two things. Number one, just taking a quarterback to reset the financial thing is a bad decision. Yeah. You take Who do you think is going to be a best player, right? right? Number two, who is going to offer them that number one pick? If it's a team that's picking somewhere in the 20s or the 30s, yeah, you're it. unlikely. But if it's a team like a New England or a Washington who's got a right. very high first-round pick this year, then that changes the conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting back looking at I would keep Fields. They have a ton of money anyway. Yeah. And you don't have to pay him right now. Right. Hey, we're going to talk about this later. But there was a reason I had to work on Saturday night. It's because the game of the week is tonight. Mm. Alabama, Michigan. And you know we got to bring in Dez, the Heisman Trophy winner from Michigan, and Greg McElroy, who was a star at Alabama. They join us live next. When you get to this point in the season, it's not about what you've done. It's about how you finish. There's never a time to reject the moment. This is it. We're here. Time is now. I feel like I'm the great about to happen out here. Living the moment that every single kid dreams about. This won't be a movie. 
Listen, the Rose Bowl is going to have some big-time teams in Michigan and also Alabama. So when you have those two blue bloods, you have to bring in Desmond Howard and Greg McElroy. Guys, how you doing? What's up, R.C.? It's early in this code. <laughs> hey, hey, Des, Des, culturally, early and cold doesn't really work well for us. <laughs> not at all, not at all, not for this guy, not for this black guy. Uh-uh. <laughs> hey, Des, when you look at this matchup between Alabama and Michigan, yeah. what are some of the keys to you? Well, you know, I think the first key for Michigan's defense is to try to uh, contain Jalen uh, Milrow. Now, Jalen is a guy who will start the season kind of rough, got benched. But then I think he got on the same page with his um, offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. And, man, this guy, he's been playing extremely well. He's been very decisive with the ball, uh, making really good decisions, quick decisions, going through his progressions, and just playing with a lot of confidence right now, especially to play the way he played against Auburn. Man, that game was a fourth and 31. They converted that to win that game. Then, on top of that, to go into the SEC championship game and beat the two-time defending national champ, the Georgia Bulldogs, the way they did. You know, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now, but he's the the most dynamic dual-threat quarterback that I've seen all season long and that the Michigan Wolverines defense will have faced all season, too. Greg, what do you think about what Dez is saying in Michigan stopping Jalen Miro, and how important is that for the Michigan Wolverines to try to win this game? It's massive. I mean, I think that's the biggest key in the game more than anything else. I mean, usually I – you know, you think Bama, you think Michigan, you think line of scrimmage, right? Like, great D-line, great O-line, but really it's about the dynamicness of Jalen Milrow. And if he can get outside the pocket and create, it's game, set, and match for Michigan. But I think Michigan's really well coached, so I think they'll do a good enough job in being aggressive in their pass rush, but not overly aggressive to where they run past the passer, and he can kind of open up lanes between the guards and the tackles. I think it's really huge, though, that they play a vision-style defense which should actually be quite helpful because their eyes are going to be on Jalen Milrow as opposed to on individual wide receivers. They're a zone-based team that really runs a lot of zone-based principles with some man principles, too, on the perimeter. But their style of defense should be able to potentially create some turnovers and possibly kind of contain him at the second and third levels. But I think that's the biggest key for them. You know, Greg, and looking at this matchup, the Michigan Wolverine, they come in the favorite, right? They're the number one team in the college football playoff. When you think about Jim Harbaugh and what this means for him, is it championship or bust for Michigan's head coach? I, I would normally not take the bait on this one, RC. I really wouldn't. But <laughs> given the scrutiny that this Michigan team has kind of had to endure all year, and the fact that they've now had not one, not two, but this is their third time in the college football playoff. If they can't get this one with a really veteran team, a team that's played really well all season long, didn't play their best football in November, but if they can't get this one, it's kind of one of those scenarios where if not now, then when? Because they are probably the most complete team remaining. 
but they don't have the highest ceiling amongst the teams remaining, which is scary. I think going into a matchup like this, Bama's ceiling is higher than Michigan's. Texas's is higher than Michigan's. So I, I think that that's a little bit troublesome, but they have the highest floor. So they need to play really well today. Um, and if they don't get it, I think the narrative will continue on for Jim Harbaugh and really the Big Ten in general is can they get it done against the SEC on the biggest possible stage? Because they haven't done it since 2014 Ohio State. Yeah, you know, Dez, you've been locked in with this Michigan saga the entire season. And there's been so many highs and lows, ups and downs. When it comes to this college football playoff, though, how paramount is it that Michigan comes away with the national championship? Well, I tell you what, RC, when you look at the, um, the season that the uh, 2023 Wolverines have um, had to go through, I mean, don't forget, they started the season off with uh, Jim Harbaugh on the sideline for the first three games, and you know, that was just because someone's feelings was hurt in the NCAA. It wasn't like he did anything that drastic. And then they end the season, the toughest part of their season, with their own commissioner uh, putting Jim Harbaugh off, taking him off the sideline while they were still in the air. I mean, they're on their way to Happy Valley RC, and then the commissioner says, okay, we're going to suspend Harbaugh for the last three games. They land and find out we're not going to have our head coach, not only for the Penn State game, but for the toughest part of their schedule, on the road against Penn State, on the road against Maryland, and then, of course, at home against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So for everything that they had to go through, this team is resilient, they're tough-minded, and to come out of all of that as the number one seed in this college football playoff, to me, is a huge win. Yeah, that is a huge win. I'm going to talk to you, though, Greg, about what's going on in my hometown of New Orleans. I hope you're eating good, too, brother. When you look at this matchup <laughs> between Texas and Washington, and obviously you'll be on the game call, what do you think are some of the most important things we should be paying attention to and how that plays into who wins? RC, I ate good until last night at midnight. Now it's time to flip the switch. New year, new me, right? We got to clean things up this year, at least for the next three or four weeks. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing game. I mean, it's an awesome matchup. These two teams really match up well against each other. Uh, Washington has the high-powered weapons that you need to take advantage of a Texas defense that has at times struggled against groups that have an identity similar to this. Texas's worst defensive performances this year have come against TCU, Houston, and against Oklahoma, all of which have really good receivers and all of us, all of which want to push the ball vertically in the passing game. And then Texas feels, I believe, and this is my just personal opinion, I think they think they're the toughest team in the country, the most physical team in the country. So I think they are probably thinking we can definitely kind of control the flow of the game, especially from the inside out with our defensive line, which is the best in college football. So I think it's going to be an amazing matchup and one that I'm really, really excited to be a part of. Well, I know people think Christmas is the most wonderful day of the year, but for college football fans, this is. And we will see you both today. Des, we'll see you at 10, 10 a.m. Eastern, but it'll still be cold and early yes, out sir. there for you. The college football playoff semifinals are today on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. Number one, Michigan takes on number four, Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Game at 5 o'clock Eastern. And then it's the number two, Washington Huskies, and the number three, Texas Longhorns in the Super in the Sugar Bowl. The winners play next Monday for the national championship. Coming up, it's the Philly free fall. What are the Eagles going to do to fix what's going on? And can they even do it fast enough? It's get up on ESPN.